want to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast, and that is Happy Car Florida and Happy Car Sales. Now, listen, I've known the owner, Lou Marici, for about 15 years. I've bought cars from him at different locations all throughout South Florida, and now he's doing his own thing, just like me. Go figure that one. Louis Marici runs happycarsflorida.com, and here's the best part about it. If you're interested in buying a car, whether you have good credit, bad credit, or get this, no credit whatsoever, you can buy a car from Louis. It's very simple. All you do is call 954-745-9599. Very specifically, tell Louis you heard about him on my podcast, Swings and Mishes, and he's going to get you into a car. Again, financing is done right in the dealership. It's easy to get a car. At the end of the day, you'll be driving out with whatever car you want. And here's the best part of it. If the car that you want is not on his lot, Louie's going to get it for you. How do I know? Because you can call him right in the cell phone and ask or text him. 561-716-6463. That's Louie's direct number. You text him and say, hey, Louie, I heard about you on Swings and Mishes. Here's the car I want. Can you get it for me? Bam. You got it. You're out and you're good. No credit, bad credit, good credit. Doesn't make a difference who you are. Louie will take care of you. Again, Happy Car Sales, 954-745-9599. Located at 203 West State Road 84 in Fort Lauderdale. You'll be leaving Happy Car Sales. Very happy. Hello, Marlins fans, and welcome to a fun episode, maybe a delirious episode of Swings and Mishes, as we're taping this after midnight on Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, so you guys will get this nice and early. And we're up nice and late. I'm Jeremy Taché, your producer, joined by a very dedicated to his fans, Craig Mish. Uh, Craig, how you doing, I guess, now this evening slash morning? Yeah, doing well and, and looking forward to getting to uh you know the fun part of the season here the second half of course and we'll have so much to get to with the trade deadline i think we'll see some of the young kids called up again august or september but uh, good to be with you here for another episode for sure yeah and it, it, it's been a pretty good time for the marlins although we're a mere couple hours removed from one of the more you know uh lackluster games of the last month or so as the marlins just lost six to one on what was Tuesday night to the Nationals. They did come off of a great road trip. They went 5-2 and two, uh, with St. Louis and then the Phillies, and they actually swept the Phillies in Philadelphia for the first time since 2009. So, I mean, really, the, the Marlins have looked really good. They're 20 and, now 20-16 and 16 in their last 36, um, but playing pretty good baseball. And, you know, I'm just wondering your thoughts on the sweep in Philadelphia, seeing arms go sort of up and down. Uh, the bats continuing to produce, and, and your thoughts overall on, on this most recent stretch? Yeah, they, they've really found a, a good thing here playing on the road. There's no question about that. They've looked much better on the road all season long than they have at home, and they'll have to kind of sort that out. In fact, as many years as I've followed the team and covered them, I don't ever recall this happening where at the end of the season there's a pretty good chance their road record is going to be better than the home record. You don't see that that often with any team in baseball, but their offense has uh, struggled quite a bit at home for sure. But, yeah, going to Philadelphia and winning those games on my uh, fantasy show, I had Garrett Cooper on on uh, Tuesday, and, and he talked about just the idea of going to a place where you, there's so many fans and sending them home upset was was interesting that he made that specific mm-hmm. comment. And it just goes to show you that, that they do care. Uh, you know, fans on the road 
can be boisterous, I guess would be a good word for it. And the Marlins really shut the Phillies fans up for three days, which is really incredible. And so uh, we'll see if that success will translate over to some home games, but definitely give them credit, especially the pitching, as we've talked about so many times, just quality start after quality start. And like, like the worst Marlins start that they had gotten until Tuesday was basically five innings and three earned runs. And that finally right. was broken on Tuesday with Trevor Richards getting beat up a little bit by the Washington Nationals. But obviously that's been the key since the beginning of the season with the team has been the pitching. Well, and you heard Cooper talk about, you know, beating those fans on the road. You heard Rojas actually talk about wanting to come home and defend the home field. And ironically, he ends up being ejected late in the game. Maybe yeah. out of frustration of not protect, protecting that home field. Um, but nonetheless, I, I, the Marlins hopefully can turn things around at home and, and produce the way they have been producing on the road. And speaking of producing, th there's now been quite a few players that have had very good seasons for the Marlins. And we're coming up on the All-Star Selection Show uh, later this week. I believe it's on Sunday. Yes. Um, but, but the Marlins uh, will likely just have one All-Star as, you know, they are 16 games under 500. Uh, but there's quite a few candidates at this point. You know, th the biggest names that we could discuss in this conversation are Garrett Cooper, who you just mentioned. There's Caleb Smith, who was the darling at the beginning of the year and really all year until he's missed a couple of starts here uh, with the hip issue. And then there's Sandy Alcantara, who will actually be on this episode later with his first full English interview. Uh, Craig, what are you thinking in regards to who the Marlins All-Star should or maybe will be? It's really interesting. I thought by this point we'd have a lot more clarity, but I would say that even going into Sunday, it's, it's not particularly clear. So, uh, look, I think there's no doubt that a couple of the offensive options are, are worthy at least of consideration in Garrett Cooper and maybe even Brian Anderson to a point, uh, you know, both for different reasons. Cooper has been phenomenal in the last month when he's played. He has been as good as any a big leaguer in, in baseball with, with his average and on base percentage and, and the home runs that he's hit. It's just, I don't think that his numbers are going to stack up against all of the other players in the national league over the course of the whole season. If it was just over a month, he would get in, but we also have to be realistic with ourselves and look at it that since the beginning or the end of March, all the way through now hitting seven home runs, I don't think is going to get you into the all-star game. Uh, Brian Anderson's numbers have been really good over the last month also, but he started off really slow and, you know, stack his numbers up against some of these other third basemen and right fielder. I, I just, I mean, maybe, maybe that's the choice, but I just don't see it. I think a, a better representation of what the Marlins success has been, has been the pitching. And I think from an earned run average perspective, and some of the more advanced metrics when you stack up some of the pitchers against other potential all-stars in the NL, it does seem to make more sense that they would go that route. Now, uh, Caleb Smith, who was probably a shoe-in for the all-star game as we entered June, his 10-day injured list has turned into close to a month at this point because the Marlins have decided to uh, keep him in the minor leagues for one more rehab start and then assuming he would come back next week, it's a little complicated here because I don't know that the manager of the Dodgers, Dave Roberts, on Sunday is going to take a look at the Marlins roster and say, hey, give me that guy on the injured list. I just don't see that happening. I also, it, it is a little perplexing to me that 
the Marlins out of a major surgery like Caleb Smith's in spring training are not going to allow him to come back to the big leagues. He was more or less in the same spot then than he was now. And, there, and, and coming off a start where he struck out so many uh, earlier in the week in double A, it's a little perplexing for me. I'm not really sure why Smith is not back this weekend. I know that he is not happy about it. Uh, Don Mattingly alluded to that in pregame as well. But look, the Marlins are being overly cautious. In the Marlins' defense, they have Eliezer Hernandez and Jordan Yamamoto that have pitched well. And I'm guessing if those guys, Jeremy, weren't pitching well, I, right. maybe, maybe they would push Caleb Smith back sooner. But they see no reason to. But unfortunately for him, in my opinion, that costs him the All-Star game, being on the injured list. I just don't think that that's going to be the choice, although he has been the best Marlins pitcher all season. Right. So, <laughs> long-winded answer. Thursday night, Sandy Alcantara is going to face the Washington Nationals. And to me, if Alcantara goes out there and dominates that game, he's pitched the most innings. He's got one of the lowest ERAs in the major leagues for the last two months. Uh, he's thrown a complete game shutout. I think, Jeremy, the Sandy Alcantara may very well right. be the Marlins All-Star. Now, I think Thursday night's going to play a factor. I know it's only one game, and people may say, oh, it's silly. It's the All-Star game. Uh, you know what? I, I don't know how anybody could think that. This is such a big deal as an individual award. And believe me, they are talking about it in that clubhouse, okay? I know this to be a fact. So they're curious who it's going to be. And and I don't know what would happen if he didn't pitch well Thursday. We'd be back to the drawing board a little bit. I don't think Alfaro would, would be the choice. Maybe at that point it goes back to Anderson. I don't know that it's fair to say it's all in one start. But – my prediction is that if Thursday night, Jeremy, Alcantara shoves, as they say, right. seven innings, one run run, two run run, something like that, I, I, I think that he'll end up being the Marlins all-star representative uh, when they announce it on Sunday night. I think Trevor Richards uh, eliminated from that process after his start on Tuesday. Uh, he's had a really good run also, but I, I, don't, I don't think it'll be him at this point. Well, and Alcantara has been just about as hot as any pitcher in all of Major League Baseball over the last month, month and a half. I mean, he's had a six or seven run stretch here, uh, start stretch here where he's been nearly unhittable. And you mentioned the, you know, the shutout against the Mets. He's been, he's been great. It would be very cool to see him, especially if he goes out there on Thursday and out duels uh, Steven Strasburg. Yeah, and let me give you some of the numbers, by the way. Uh, since May 19th for Sandy Alcantara. Okay, so this is going back a little bit over a month before his start on Thursday. Sixth in the National League in terms of pitching and war. Tied for 10th in wins. Fifth overall in innings pitched. Fourth in earn run average. And seventh in opponent average at 216. Mm. So... Look, the season is judged over the course of the whole year, and I never thought that we'd be sitting in this spot two or three weeks ago. But unfortunately for Caleb Smith, the truth is is that he, you know, he he just hasn't pitched this month. You know, like mm -hmm. he and and where he's pitched one start or whatever it's been. So I I think that probably is going to factor into the equation. I suppose the Marlins could say, well, look, you know, I mean. We want to keep him healthy, and that's more important. We want to keep him on the field. I understand that. I'm not really sure how Caleb Smith feels about all this in terms of the All-Star game. I don't know the answer to that. I know that he wants to pitch on the big league team. I know that if he started uh, Saturday, Jeremy, and threw six innings and struck out 12, right. 
you know, that'd be very easy to look at on Sunday. But right. it, and look, maybe maybe that won't factor into the decision. Maybe Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, will will call the Marlins and just say, "Hey, Caleb Smith, he's been your best pitcher. Is he available to pitch?" I know mm-hmm. also uh, with you know for a fact that the Marlins would let him pitch in the All Star game too. So maybe that still is on the table. I just it's very rare to have an occasion where a manager would go and and uh, pick an all star from a player uh, that's that's hurt or I mean I I don't think Caleb's hurt I think he's ready but at right. least technically on the injured list now players have been voted in Jeremy in the past a lot yeah. that yes. have been hurt and replaced but in this case maybe I'll be proven wrong and we'll see and I certainly feel very bad for Caleb Smith because he has been their best pitcher this season but. Mm-hmm. You got you got to go with the evidence that we have at this point, and right now he's on the injured list, and Sandy Alcantara is not, and I gave you some of the numbers as well. Well, and considering how this season started, to be in the position where there are so many players that we're talking about that could very well be all-stars, that would not be bad selections, the irony of the stretch you're talking about dating back to May 19th, the stretch of this 20-16 and 16 run where the Marlins have turned it around from 10-31, and 31, that started May 17th. So the Marlins' success has gone in sync with Sandy Alcantara's success. And now Sandy's going to join us on the podcast. Is there any precursor to this interview you'd like to throw in there before uh, we hear from Sandy Alcantara? Uh, Yeah. uh, Caleb Smith, by the way, his last start that he made was uh, June the 6th Mm. at Milwaukee. So that was the last start. So before he comes back to the big leagues, instead of being out for 10 days – this is going to end up being basically a full month of, right. uh, or more of him of mm. him not starting. So that comes as a big surprise. I did not think it would be this long. In terms of Sandy Alcantara, uh, I've I've really been so impressed with how he's handled himself this year, especially last year when he came up to the big leagues. He I remember being at his first start. His family was there, and just being so excited for him. I've known him, and I'll mention it here in the interview too, that uh, since he came up with the Cardinals. But then he had a, a strange uh, shaving of the armpits incident mm-hmm. where that, that set him back for one reason or another. It was kind of an up-and-down deal there, and, and he was waiting a while to get called up, of course, and then they called him and Pablo up. But I am just with all the off-field stuff that's going on with him, his foundation, he has an event also coming up we'll talk more about. I'm sure will be a big part of in September as well. Mm-hmm. So super proud to see how, just how much he's growing as an individual, and I think that'll come across in this interview. Enjoy it. I got to know Sandy Alcantara a few years ago. He came up, of course, with the St. Louis Cardinals and now is in the midst of the best period of his career with the Miami Marlins. An ERA under two over his last seven starts, and he joins us now here on the podcast on Swings and Mishes. Sandy, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time and spending some time with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Sandy, let's um, go away from baseball for a minute because in the time that I've known you, you've really come along in terms of being able to express yourself more in English. And I would like to know how that happened and why you decided it was so important for you to expand and and start speaking English, not just in interviews like these, but also in post-game and speaking more English in general. You know, um, my first time when I come here to the United States, um, I don't speak any English, nothing, you know. 
And I got a friend, he lives in here in Port San Lucie. Uh, he is speaking a lot of English, you know, and I go every time when we're going to go out to get something to eat. I go with him and I, I watch PlayStation, like how he ordered the food to, to do by myself the next day. And the next day he was, he go, he going home and I stay by myself in my room and I say, oh my God, I'm hungry. I got to go out and get something to eat. Then I'm going to go to Chipotle, and I get a Chipotle, and that was my turn to order. And I say, can I get rice? <laughs> <laughs> and the person say, what? I say, can I get rice? I say, all right. White or black? And I say, what? <laughs> white or black? I say, I don't understand. <laughs> then I put my finger to the white rice, and she understand me then. <laughs> What, what I think that people who may be listening, Sandy, what they don't understand, and I understand it because I've known you for a while, is the difficulty that there is when you come from another country and they put you in Jupiter where they put you somewhere else and you can't speak any English, you don't understand anything. Like you said, you have to go with friends in order to order food. Is, does that make you maybe even more nervous than playing baseball at that time, just trying to as we would say, adapt in real life to just having to try and uh, go get gas for the car or speak to people, buy clothes? I don't think people understand how difficult that is. Uh, that was hard to me, you know. In baseball, I don't care English, you know, because I just get in the field and have fun and play baseball. But after that, when I want to go out to the supermarket or get some gas, I was nervous, you know, because I don't know speaking English, nothing. And I was nervous to somebody come to me and ask me something, and I don't know how to respond to the person. It, it's amazing to me because uh, when I first knew you a couple of years ago, like I said, you, I mean, even when, honestly, Sandy, when you came to the Marlins even, I would say um, a little bit over a year and a half ago, your English wasn't that good. So if, if you have to give some credit to somebody who's helped you, um, speak English in Florida or just somebody around you. You said going to restaurants, you had a friend in Port St. Lucie, maybe that's who it is. But is there someone else that on a daily basis helped you kind of work through this to get you to this point? Because I want people to understand how little English, even a year ago you spoke, and now you're doing all of your interviews by yourself, really with no help. You know, I was taking like English class when I was with San Luis Coronel and Double A and the uh, Rookie Lead too. And after that, I come in here to, to the Miami Marlins, and I don't want to take any more class, you know, because I got to put myself to learn English. Then I go back to the off-season. Then I say, okay, I got to go there and do my best with my English. Then I come here, and I try to get, like, conversation with my friend, like, with the people on the street, you know. And now I got my best English, you know. <laughs> now, the one thing that when you do interviews, which is different than what a, a lot of players do, and regardless of how people feel about it, is that I've noticed, and you tell me if this is true, that whenever you start an interview, you, you don't answer the question right away. You always take a few minutes to thank God for you being able to do the interview. Is that something that you're always going to do, you think, for the rest of your career? Or is it just something um, that you makes you feel comfortable? Um, tell us about why you decide to do that. I say that all the time, all my life, you know, because I trust in God, and I know God gonna do something special for everybody and like you say all the time when I got in the view my first word was uh, say thank you God for giving me the opportunity to be healthy every day and get outside and competing you know 
And I hope all my friends gotta do that too, you know, because God is special with everybody here. Sandy, uh, now to baseball a little bit. And last year you come up and you make your major, you make your starting debut with the Marlins, and you're going along pretty good. You have the difficulty by accident uh, with the shaving, which was unusual story for sure. You get into this year, you know that you're going to be part of the Marlins rotation, and you really are right now, you know, pitching better than you ever have at the big league level. And I'm wondering, is this the best that you felt so far as as being a professional baseball player, minor leagues and major leagues, or has there been other times too? You know, I just try to get better every day. I try to learn about like there's more thing, you know. And every time when I got the opportunity, get outside and do my best, do my 100% and everything, and try to to help the team and everything I can. You know, but sometimes you gotta have bad day and good day. You know, you gotta keep your heads up and never give up and get competing. One of the things that the manager Don Mattingly he says sometimes is when you have your your best starts, you're attacking hitters. When you give up some runs, maybe it's not your best start. He says sometimes that you were tentative. Uh, not attacking as much. Uh, explain maybe for people who are, are listening maybe what he means by that and if you think that that is accurate when you're pitching. You know, sometimes, like I say, you want to have like a good day and bad day. You know, sometimes sometime I come in like to my game, like uh, do my 100% and attack the hitter, like always aggressive with my first pitch and finish with my breaking ball. And sometimes I come in like a little lazy, you know, and I just get outside and try to do my best, but the thing don't happen. When you pitched a complete game shutout earlier this year against the Mets, it was one of the best starts. You go back in the last maybe five or ten years of Marlins history, but basically other, no hitters, almost as good as you can get there. Did you know that something special that day was going to happen when you were on the mound, or did it just you know kind of work out that way? You know, during my first pitch, you know, I just get outside and inning back inning and do the same, like be aggressive and attack the hitter with my best stuff. Let's talk about the future for you um, going forward. I know that you're proud to be now in Miami and be part of the organization. Um, do you feel like your comfort level now is as high as it's ever been? you feel like uh, this is the best you felt as a person playing baseball also, all of the distractions and, and trade is behind you, injury and silly things behind you too? You know, we got a lot of young guys here on the team, you know, but we never give up, you know, every time when we get opportunity, get outside, we try to do the 100% and everything, try to do, like, the the thing perfect, you know, but sometimes that not happen, you know, but we try to do the same every time and try to, to help the team and everything that we can. One of the last questions I want to ask you is that, look, we really don't know what's going to happen on Sunday at this point, but on Sunday they're going to make the announcement of who's going to be the Marlins All-Star. And, and certainly we don't know who, who that's going to be at this point. But you have put yourself into the conversation of that possibility because of the really the last seven start that you have. If you compare your numbers to anyone in Major League Baseball, you can put yourself right up there as well. Um, I know that you don't think about it, and if it doesn't happen, it's okay. But I would guess that the goal for you at some point, of course, is to win a World Series. But, man, an all-star game, too, would be certainly nice, wouldn't it? You know, and I, I hope that Martin gave me the opportunity to me or one of those my friends in the clubhouse to go to the all-star game and represent the team. 
and represent my family and my country and they represent his family or his country you know but we got we're going to wait for the team to to say who's gonna go to the all-star game you know and we try to we wanna we had to do today is um get outside competing and don't think about it my last one question for you is about your foundation I know how important that is to you to give back to the Dominican Republic. I know that uh, behind the scenes people don't know this, but I know you have another event coming up in September, but we'll talk about that on a future podcast. Uh, I was there uh, in Hollywood. I saw you uh, meeting with all the kids, and you're going to be collecting the uniforms and everything to send back to the Dominican Republic. Um, there, I, in my opinion, Sandy, there's not enough uh, people that are doing what you're trying to do why did you decide to do this, and how is that going in terms of the foundation? First of all, I want to say thank you, God, for giving me the opportunity and thinking about the key and the Dominican Republic. Like, you know, I started to do that like two years ago, you know, because I was in the Dominican Republic, my country, and I see like too many key, like don't have like click, sock, and sunglasses, you know, and I try to do that for those key, you know, and because some uh, the whole time. When I was young too, anybody helped me with anything, you know, and I want to do something special for those kids. Sandy, thank you so much for doing the interview. Really appreciate it. I know this is your first English extended interview that you've ever done, so it's my honor to be able to do that with you. Thank you for doing it with me. You're welcome, man. I'll be here for you. As always, want to thank All Year Cooling for presenting this podcast, All Year Cooling have serviced my unit in my house for more than a decade. Tommy Smith is the best. There's no one better that you could ever ask for, especially with the summer here, folks. Do you need your AC checked? Do you need it repaired? They give free estimates. They have the best financing of any air conditioning company in the state of Florida. And if you want to get a new unit, you need to call Tommy right now, 888-204-5554. As I mentioned, I have a unit in my house, and if I should ever have an issue, and we're talking about two or three in 10 years, I call all year. They're at my house in 10 minutes. They have the best service plans possible, and they take care of you because they've been family-owned and operated for more than 25 years. That's Tommy Smith, my friend, the owner of All Year Cooling, 888-204-5554. What are you waiting for? The summer is here before your unit goes down. Call all year right now and get it repaired. 888-204-5554. Incredible financing options at All Year Cooling. Stay cool in the summer with Tommy Smith and All Year Cooling. 888-204-5554. Wow, Craig, I I genuinely enjoyed listening to that interview with Sandy for a couple of reasons. For those of you... Um, that follow me on Twitter or have listened to this podcast for the entire time uh, that we've been doing it. I did mention um, throughout time that I spent a couple of months working uh, with the New York Mets actually at their uh, Dominican Academy uh, in Boca Chica, working specifically teaching English and American culture to some of their players who were these signees at 16, 17, 18 years old, similar to a Sandy Alcantara. And hearing the way that number one Alcantara's English even since I met him which was about a year ago uh right around now actually when we started up this podcast uh, to hear the way that he's advanced through the system to hear the way that he's advanced in speaking English to hear how comfortable he is now 
living in America. And, and that's something that is so um, underappreciated about the way that these guys are able to completely change their lives, change the way that their their whole culture has been for their entire lives coming from in some time, some cases almost nothing in in a country like the Dominican Republic and to come to America not know the language and like Sandy mentioned feel uncomfortable even ordering at a restaurant and just one quick story that that I do want to add to this is when I was in the Dominican Republic with some of those Mets players and and I'm not going to name who but some of them are have gotten up to the big leagues and some you know are still throughout the minor league system but uh, I was dealing with some of the better English speakers at that point. And the biggest thing that they told me they wanted to have in lessons was going to the grocery store and ordering at a restaurant because they felt embarrassed when they were going out yeah. to to restaurants, when they were going to the grocery store and didn't just know how to ask for help. So then it was also throwing off their diets because they would only know how to order one thing. And when you're living on a minor league salary, you know, it's a little bit difficult to be able to to go into a, a brand new place with people in a lot of random cities across the United States that, you know, we live down here in Miami, which is a melting pot. It's diverse. There's a lot of native Spanish speakers. But to, to go to even just places like Port St. Lucie, where there's not as many Spanish speakers and you are a fish out of water, I, just to hear Sandy Alcantara talk about the way that he feels so blessed and, and to see the way that he's worked so hard, it, it really it legitimately brought a tear to my eye to hear this interview. And, and he's such a wonderful example of exactly the type of support you should get and the way that all of these young guys just strive to be the best that they can be. He's clearly a really kind human being. The work he's doing with his foundation, what he's giving back to the Dominican Republic. And it, it's just really special to hear um, such a success story, regardless of what the rest of his season or career looks like. Sandy Alcantara is a success story when you take everything into consideration. And it's just, I, I almost have no, no more words left to say in regards to how special it is. But it was, did a good job explaining it, though. Well, thank you. <laughs> but it was, it was very cool for me to be able to, to see a literal physical manifestation of everything that, you know, myself and, and, the few other teachers that went over to the Dominican Republic, what we were working toward is to try to have the end result be something similar to what Sandy Alcantara is. And so to see him be able to do this in the way that he has across a couple of different organizations, playing minor league ball in random cities, and now to be here in Miami where he's clearly so comfortable, it's just, it's really special. And so I, I, wanted to be able to share some of that. And if sure. any of you are interested in, in more of those stories, I'm more than happy to tell them across any sort of different platform. But um, yeah, yeah, he um he didn't he didn't grow up through the Marlins system. It was in the Cardinals system. Right. But uh, the Marlins have a much improved uh academy in the Dominican Republic. The uh the woman who is behind a lot of 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 that, her name is Emily Glass. I I believe I met her once. Uh, she was in South Florida at one period of time. I can't recall, maybe not one-on-one, -on -one, but I did at least see her uh, in, in South Florida at one point. And I know that they're, that's very important to them. Obviously they're making their employees speak Spanish too. Right. So uh, credit to the Marlins for sure on this one. And um, you know, I've communicated with Sandy several times over the last few years that how important I thought it was because of the, I know his personality and it's, he mm -hmm. has a really great confident 
uh, big personality. And I've, and I've told him, Hey, you know, if, if, you know, once you get your English real good, I could see you being on my radio show. I could see you doing these podcast things. And he's always pushed me like, Oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. And I was, I've, I've always said, I don't know, you know, I don't know that you're ready for this. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with using a translator at all, but like, you're just so close. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that you can get there. And so we finally decided that this was the time to do it. Not, not for lack of asking or, or comfortability with me or him, because as, as I've said before, I, I've known him very well, even before he, he got to, uh, he got to Miami. So uh, excited for him. And, you know, certainly, wow, would that be something if he gets in that all-star game on Sunday night? That would be, that would be something else. Again, I don't know. And by the time this, this airs, we, who knows what could change, but, but I think he's at least in the conversation right now, Jeremy. It's pretty special. And, and I really enjoyed that interview. So thank you for doing it and bringing such a light to that part of the conversation too. We are that's what we do being able to humanize guys, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, uh, to, to dehumanize all of it, roster moves, huh? So, uh, the, the Marlins are still in a spot where, you know, we're seeing guys in the minors go get called up. We talked about, uh, Edward Cabrera, Ian Smith wrote a story for us on Edward Cabrera. He gets called up. Um, we do have an article on Sixto Sanchez on our website as well, but at the major league level, any more roster moves that you could see happening before we wrap this up um, anytime soon with the Marlins? Yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying the new content over at swingsandmissions.com. Also, Oscar and Danny over mm. uh, at, at their, doing their podcast in Spanish. And I thought Lewis and, and Ian are doing a great job writing. And, and I'm going to give them um, an opportunity here on the podcast soon, too. Maybe during the All-Star break, I'll be in New York. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get them in the mix as well. Uh, here's some rapid fire info to kind of end this today. Nothing, nothing in the style that you would expect a Craig Mish bomb or anything like that, but I'll give you, you know, some little tidbits here of things that I know. Um, you know, I think pretty soon there's going to be another roster move coming, maybe John birdie coming off the injured list pretty soon. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure who could be out at this point. You don't want to speculate on, on players' lives and their careers, but clearly Yadiel Rivera looks overmatched again here at the big league level. I don't know how long they're going to be able to go with him. Um, he's going to have to start getting some hits pretty soon, or I could see that that being the, the actual switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was told we'll see Diaz, Harrison, Brinson, all three players again this year, probably September, unless different players are moved. I would expect Granderson to be with the team the whole year, all the way through the end, unless there is some trade interest in him. I don't think the Marlins are going to release Curtis Granderson, regardless of of the outcome. There's a respect factor there, and I think he'll finish off the the team with uh, finish off the year with the team. Mm-hmm. But Diaz, they want to see in the big leagues September, Harrison and Brinson at some point. I think Diaz is probably the most important one and the most. Uh, you know, interesting one at this point, but he's being blocked by Castro, who I don't believe will be traded unless the Marlins give him away. I, I just don't see mm-hmm. that. Uh, draft pick wise, uh, as we record this, there's another game coming up for Vanderbilt. So they're going to play Michigan for the title on Wednesday night. And as soon as that is over, they're going to sign J.J. Blade. Not sure how fast, if that's 24, 48, 72 hours. I'm unclear on that. I certainly think there is a chance that we could see him in South Florida this weekend if, if everything went super fast. But if not, that would be next week. Maybe per, uh, potentially he would get a break, start off in the Gulf Coast League, and then uh, we'd see him at the end of the season, I think, in Jupiter. I think that is the goal, to have him just go from the GCL to Jupiter. Uh, Cameron Meisner, their, their uh, later pick in the 
was it the comp pick of the 30, yeah, 35th yeah. round, uh, 35th pick overall? Uh, still kind of going back and forth with him. They want him to sign. He wants to get paid a little bit more money. There's nothing else to report there. Uh, I've gone from hearing that, you know, 100% confidence in signing him to 90%. Like, I don't know. Like, it's gone down a little bit. They just can't get him signed yet, but there's really nothing to worry about because it's not until mid-July. But those things have to get done before they can focus in on this one kid, Chris Machma, who they really want to sign. This is uh, a kid that they drafted in the 12th round. You've heard me talk about him a ton. Right. They feel there's significant upside for him, but they're kind of handcuffed with bonus pool money and all that. Um, I don't know that his signing in particular factors into that, but they really want those uh, guys sorted out before, before Machma gets signed. And they believe Machma wants to sign with the Marlins too. So that'll be something that we'll have to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I still do think that Blade gets done quick. Uh, it's possible that Meisner goes right down to the deadline at this point, and then we'll see what happens with Machma. And I believe that covers uh, virtually everything that I've heard that's going on, unfortunately. And not any huge news this week. If there is more news to be had, I for sure will be breaking it on Twitter. Uh, also at Swings and Mishes. And then, of course, uh, not of course, but for those of you who've been following me, you know I've been on Sunday night on CBS4, and that will be happening again this Sunday. All right, CBS4. We got uh, Craig Mish on there. Me and you going head-to-head, Jeremy. Yeah, look at us, just battling <laughs> it out. Uh, <laughs> um, well, that was quite the the rapid-fire segment. We got a lot of information in right there. Um, well, yeah, so I guess by the time you guys are listening to this, it will be Wednesday. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy the Marlins homestand here before they go on the road uh, as we head toward the All-Star break. We will see who the All-Star selection is, and I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did because I, uh, I clearly very much enjoyed it. But, uh, Craig, thanks for uh, staying up through all hours of the night to record this one, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. 